today for our first message, we have a split sermon from Mr. Tim Barton entitled, God Gave Them Over to a Reprobate Mind. An introduction. Mr. Barton. Thank you, sir. I think I'm on. We're doing good. It's actually, this today is kind of like an uh, introduction. I couldn't see this huge tome, large book here. This thing's got more stuff in it than Carter's liver pills, if you guys know what that means. Um, <clears throat> and it's by, by David Barton, and in his defense, no relation that I know of. So he's actually intelligent and, you know, uh, a very accomplished author and, and founder of uh, Wall Builders Press. I don't know, I've talked about him uh, before, and um, but I found this book over at Biddle Gardner's Books. Found out talking with the lady at, at Wall Builders that this is kind of a treasure. There's not a lot of them out there. Even this is a 2002 edition. It was originally written in '88, <clears throat> and it's America to pray or not to pray, and it has to do with the 1962-63 era when prayer and religious activities at schools became verboten, not to be allowed, period, at all. And it went crazy. <clears throat> I'm going to read basically the preface by Mr. Barton. He said, in July 1987, God impressed me to do two things. His leading seemed so non-spiritual that I questioned it. But the two impressions were so strong that I could not ignore them. First, I was to find the date that prayer had first been prohibited in public schools. Second, I was to obtain a record of national SAT scores, the academic test given to prospective college-bound high school students spanning the last several decades, and one thing I wanted to do first, Brian, if you'll bring, uh, bring up the scripture, Romans 128-32, and even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge, God gave them over to a reprobate mind to do things which are not convenient being filled with all unrighteousness, fornication, wickedness, covetousness, maliciousness, full of envy, murder, debate, deceit, malignity, whisperers, without under us, backbiters, haters of God, despiteful, proud, boasters, inventors of evil things, disobedient to parents, without understanding, covenant breakers, without natural affection, implacable, unmerciful, who knowing the judgment of God, that they which commit such things are worthy of death, not only do the same, but have pleasure in them that do them. This is going to basically kind of cover when I 
get to the actual full message on it. It's going to cover all of that. Because you'll find out pretty much everything that we are dealing with in society these days, you can spin, you can follow it right down to that. Before then, everything was going pretty good. You know, uh, 63, we were living in California, and uh, our folks had a pretty nice house. Dad worked. Mom didn't have to at that time. I think we had one. Oh, I'll speak up. <clears throat> At that time, uh, my folks were able to get by pretty good, you know. Uh, everything was going pretty well. And I never really connected the stopping of that prayer, because it's really a huge prayer. Ready for this? Don't need to take notes. Almighty God, we acknowledge our dependence upon thee, and we beg thy blessings upon us, our parents, our teachers, and our country. That's it. 22 words. Every morning, students, would pray that. And I'm sure the whole school would pray that. And because people's rights, I guess, came up with whatever arguments they came up with, they got that stopped. So let me... As I was saying, he had believed that the two instructions were separate and distinct but he discovered they were unquestionably related. He obtained the SAT scores and noticed that while the scores had been relatively stable from 1952 to 1962, after 1963 their decline had been so rapid that it appeared they were tumbling down a steep mountainside. Next he learned that corporate verbal prayers had been removed from schools and forbidden to public school students in two court decisions. 1962 and 1963. And when he superimposed the two items, he was astounded to see, uh, if you would pull up the chart, that's, that's just the math scores. Hang along there about 500, and you know, On the back of this, he's got the SAT scores. This is the effect upon the teachers. They're teaching quit. The, the students themselves, teen pregnancies, went the other way. About the same rate, uh, divorce, 
went about the same way. Violent crimes went about the same way. Everything started falling apart. It looks like at one of the deals that's talking about the uh, divorces, it looks like it peaks and then kind of starts going down, but that's really a fake assumption because what happened was people quit got getting married. They just got stuck. Or women were the sole parent raising kids by themselves. When he superimposed those and saw that, he thought to himself, can it really be possible that prayer was removed in 62 and academics began to decline in 63? I mean, that quick? You'd think that kids would at least be able to maintain some intelligence for a while. Knowledge. But the correlation was clear. He says, I felt I was so, I was now armed with some fascinating statistical information. I just didn't know what to do with it. That fall, he had the opportunity to present the two pieces of information to a United States congressman. He, too, was amazed at the apparent correlation and informed him that, to his knowledge, in all the congressional controversies surrounding the attempt to return religious principles to schools, statistical information had never been presented. School prayer had always previously been considered a religious issue only. This was the first time in his extended tenure in Congress that he'd seen information suggesting any tangible effect, cause and effect, of religious principles and what was happening in a society. And he stared at the chart, shook his head, and declared, Somebody ought to research this. Talking to the right guy, wasn't he? Although the congressman had voiced the words, the effect was the same as if God himself had personally delivered my commission. After he returned home, God outlined the strategy for pursuing further research through a comment that was made by his secretary. She had been examining the simple 22-word prayer that I just read from the Engel versus Vital case, and that was the 1962 case that the Supreme Court used to negate school prayer. As we were discussing how the removal of such a simple prayer might have so profoundly affected the SAT scores, she observed that probably all four of the areas mentioned in the students' prayer, students, families, schools, and the nation, had declined dramatically since 1962. Even though she voiced the words, the effect on me was the uh, same thing, was the same as the count, as a, uh, congressman, you know, as if God was again making clear that he wanted him to look into that. His curiosity was stirred. Had the change in national policy, the separation of religious principles from public affairs, resulted in any measurable difference for young people, their families, their schools, and their nation. He began a long, arduous search of statistical information, information obtained primarily from federal cabinet-level agencies, departments of health, human health and human services, 
justice, education, labor, commerce. With the aid of dedicated co-workers, they searched through literally thousands of articles and documents relating to the four areas. The results of that search were both clear and shocking. This is while in 1988, he initially saw the removal of school prayers as the cause for the decline, said he now knows, uh, I now know that there was so much more involved, as the courts have explained in no less than 10 different cases. Prayer is the quintessential um, religious practice. Everybody prays. <clears throat> Prayer and acknowledgement of God is the simplest identification of a philosophy which recognizes not only the God of heaven, but also his laws and standards of conduct. Prayer, the heart of religion, was by necessity the first target of a general attack on all religious principles. After the removal of prayer, there were quickly followed cases rejecting not only the Bible, but any values derived from them. The Ten Commandments, teaching of premarital sexual abstinence to students, that you ought to behave yourself in a certain way in certain areas. The removal of prayer was the first step of the infamous slippery slope. While the removal of school prayer cannot be blamed for all the decline, the presence or absence, legality or illegality of prayer and the acknowledgement of God in public arenas is the primary indicator of the philosophy under which official public policy is being conducted. If they don't want God there, you probably want to find out why. That's my own statement. When there is an official recognition of prayer, the quintessential religious practice, there is also an embracing of the values and teachings of which prayer is a primary indicator. For this reason, the return of school prayer is essential. As you will soon see on the subsequent pages, the return of school prayer will be a signal that the first step has been taken not only toward recognizing God, but toward reinstating his system upon which our traditional moral, ethical, and disciplinary standards depend. So I got to thinking about this. Just every weekday, every student, more or less, there was some that wouldn't pray. And every school prayed that. And God heard. And in that simple prayer, they asked that God Bless them, their parents, their teachers, and our country. And he did. And then when the, the Supreme Court stopped all that, and court took that ball and ran with it and went crazy, Brian, if you would, and these these are just going to come up. There'll be more uh, when I actually give a message. I was not ready. I tried and tried, and I did not 
get there, so I do not want to mess this up. The SAT total scores drop the same. The SAT verbal scores drop the same. You wonder why children don't have the same language capabilities. <coughs> This little slowdown and upturn this right here was when private schools started kicking in. Because private schools can pray if they want to. And they do. And it went up for a little while and then it kind of started going down again because you're fighting all of society at this point. And then the, look, at, look at the rise in the unmarried couples living together and the, the single parent households is, as lack of God destroyed homes, destroyed the way we live. Divorce rates, again, here, in 78 to 80, it looks like it peaks and starts back down, but unfortunately, that's where the other the living together starts increasing, so they, they just don't count it, so therefore, it's less. And I'll get back to this, again, in the actual message. But it was, we had a major win with the outlawing of abortion, with the Supreme Court saying that states can outlaw that. They can stop the murder of babies. So that had already told me that we can make a difference. That it's not, the Supreme Court is not the Supreme Court. That if we work, we can make a difference. If we pray, we can make a difference. If we tell others, we can make a difference. And that's how it's going to come around that we'll get this all turned around. The sad part is all the damage that's happened between then and now, but we don't have to let it continue, we can make a difference.